We cannot separate the two. They are inseparably combined because God has called us to rest and that true rest that we experience in the grace and the love of Jesus and what he has done for us causes us then to seek rest for the people around us. Hey, this is Taylor and welcome back to Elevate Retake. We want you to experience faith as the continual everyday process of learning more about the Bible, ourselves, and God. And believe that this podcast will be just what you need to come to a closer relationship with God. The title for this episode is Rest and the Oppressed. Your engaged question is what does rest have to do with justice? Our key passage we'll be looking at is found in Isaiah 58, verse 9 through 11, and it reads, Remove the heavy yoke of oppression. Stop pointing your finger and spreading vicious rumors. Feed the hungry and help those in trouble. Then your light will shine out from the darkness, and the darkness around you will be as bright as noon. The Lord will guide you continually, giving you water when you are dry and restoring your strength. You will be like a well-watered garden, like an ever-flowing spring. The key theme for this episode is God cares about how we treat others. God's rest drives us to provide rest for those around us. Father, it's you that we worship and we praise. We thank you how great you are for your goodness that we can raise our hallelujah in the midst of the storm and everything going on and that you hold us right here. We love you and we're looking forward to seeing you soon. But until then, there's a calling that you've placed on our lives. We want to answer that call. We've come out today as an expression of that calling. So in the midst of everything that we have going on, pray that right here in this moment, you will come close. That your Holy Spirit will fall afresh upon each and every one of us. And that your name would be glorified. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Caleb asked the question a moment ago, and by the way, welcome home. There's always room for one more. Glad you're here this morning. Caleb asked the question a moment ago, what does rest have to do with justice? We've been looking at rest as a theme in the Bible, and we've been starting off with Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 to 30. It reads this way. Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you what? Rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. In the past two weeks, we've looked at the weary lives that we live. We looked at the, the busy lives that we've lived, but we've got to take this passage a step deeper because Jesus' invitation to come and to rest does not come without a bidding to go and help others do the same. You see, it's under the yoke of Jesus, the only way that we can truly know how to live and live well, live well-rested lives according to how God has taught us. It's that easy yoke that helps us live a better life. And as we rub shoulders with the people around us, they start to pick up on what that easy yoke is. So this morning, I want to look at how we do that. Today we're talking about rest 
and the oppressed. We live in an interesting climate in our country today. There's lots of unrest. And our world and our country is having to come with a reckoning of injustices past served. Stand up and say, no. There are people in this world that matter. They're loved. They're a part of God's family. We have to reckon with that. So if you've got your Bibles, turn with me to Isaiah chapter 58. And we huddle down in Isaiah chapter 58 to see what the Bible has to say about rest and the oppressed and what God is placing a calling on our lives. Isaiah chapter 58. Start in verse 1. Shout it aloud. Do not hold back. Raise your voice like a trumpet. Declare it to my people, their rebellion, and to the descendants of Jacob, their sin. For day after day they seek me out. They seem eager to know my ways as if they are a nation that does what is right and has not forsaken the commandments of its God. They ask me for, my, for, they ask me for just decisions and seem eager for God to come near them. This is the prophet Isaiah speaking on behalf of God. He's talking to the children of Israel, the house of Jacob. He says to them, hey, Listen up. Listen up to me. I've got a word for you. It's coming straight from the mouth of God. You've been crying out eagerly for me, longing for me, but there's something that has gone awry. There's something that's shifted in your life. And you keep crying out and crying out and crying out, and I, God, am standing a little bit afar back because there's something missing in your life. Continue in verse 3, Isaiah 58. The people are responding to God. Why have we fasted, they say, and you have not seen it? Why have we humbled ourselves and you have not noticed? Yet on the day of your fasting, you do as you please and exploit all your workers. Your fasting ends in quarreling and strife and striking each other with wicked fists. You cannot fast as you do today and expect your voice to be heard on high. Is this the kind of fast that I've chosen, only a day for people to humble themselves? Is it only for bowing one's head like a reed and for lying in sackcloth and ashes? And is that what you call a fast, a day acceptable to God? God calls the children of Israel out. They've been practicing this spiritual practice called fasting. And really what fasting at its core is, is set aside, setting aside physical needs in order for your spiritual life to grow. Saying no to the physical, saying yes to the spiritual, and providing space in your life to be able to know God more deeply. But unfortunately for the children of Israel, they had begun to fast, and maybe at first it started out okay. But as they practiced their fasting, they started to oppress others. They started to exploit other people. And God calls them out on it. And he says, that fasting that only leads to trouble, it leads to strife. You're oppressing other people. And that's not what my true fast is about. And fast, rest, how do we relate the two to one another? Fasting is a form of resting. So you're slowing down for a moment, saying no to one thing and saying yes to something else, choosing to live your life a little bit differently. And the way that the children of Israel had chosen to rest 
had gone amok. It had come to a place where it was causing more trouble than it was causing good. God was telling the children of Israel, as they were supposed to be a light, they were supposed to be the people who were proclaiming the new way of God. God tells them, what you're doing speaks so loudly, I can't hear what you're saying. That hits deep in the world that we live in today. But God continues on. Isaiah 58, verse 6. Is not this the kind of fast I have chosen? To loose the chains of injustice and untie the cords of the yoke. To set the oppressed free, to break every yoke. Is it not to share your food with the hungry and to provide the poor wanderer with shelter? When you see the naked to clothe them and not to turn away from your own flesh and blood? Then, then your light will break forth like the dawn and your healing will quickly appear. Then your righteousness will go before you and the glory of the Lord will be your rear God. Then you will call and the Lord will answer and you will cry for help and he will say, here I am. God speaks to the children of Israel and he says, here is the true point of what I've called you to do and live as a people. Beatrice read a moment ago from Isaiah, or Amos, I'm sorry, where God extols the people and says, the way that you're practicing your form of church, I, I don't want any of that. What I want you to do is make sure that you are ethical in your dealings, that you bring about righteousness and justice, that those will roll like a stream. God tells the children of Israel here in Isaiah, this is the kind of fast that I want you to do. The original intent of fasting was saying, I can lay aside some of my own needs. I can, I can be okay for a little bit. But it turned selfish for them. And God's saying, no, the real form of what I need you to do is to step aside and truly lay down your own self so that the others in the world that are oppressed and crushed and under a different yoke... I need you to show them a new way to live. I need to show, I need you to show them who I really am and express my love towards them so that when they're hungry, you're feeding them. When they're broken, you're raising them up. You take off the shackles of oppression and injustice. It's the call of God to his children in the midst of incredible turmoil, fasting as a form of rest. We must be about this work to loose the chains of injustice and share food with the hungry. Our true rest that God has called us as we're training under the yoke of Jesus. As we are yoked with him and learning our new way to work, it causes us to want to provide rest for others. In the Seventh-day Adventist church, we practice Sabbath from sundown Friday night to sundown Saturday night. And I don't know about you, it wasn't necessarily the case for me growing up, but there might be some people in our midst that Sabbath was about everything you couldn't do. Like, don't do this, don't do that, make sure you're not playing too hard, you're not swimming too deeply. Make sure that you're very solemn and quiet in the sanctuary of God because that's how we practice Sabbath. God is calling a group of people 
trying to help them understand that he has provided rest for them to show them that they are more than what they produce and that there is a day set aside that equalizes humanity. Imagine a world where everything stopped for a day. Now, can't go so far to say that the government should be the one to do that and enforce that and saying this is, no, we can't go there. But imagine in your minds for a moment if the entire world stopped for 24 hours. Those that are working hard, enslaved to their jobs, to the pursuit of the American dream, everything stops. It's a leveler in society. But we keep going at this frantic pace over and over again, week in and week out. God's saying, no, loosen the yoke. Tell everybody else about the easy yoke, the one I'm trying to provide you that's full of rest and grace and peace. It says, then and only then when you help provide rest for others, that's when your light will break forth like the dawn. Your healing will quickly appear. Your righteousness will go before you and the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. Then you will call and the Lord will answer. He will cry for help and he will say, here I am. A couple of months ago in the midst of pandemic, we ratcheted up our, our food bank that we operate every month here. And we said, hey, we're going to do it every, every two weeks. As we begin to do that, the community started to come out like, we're in need of help. People are losing jobs left and right. Food, a staple, is hard to come by when you don't have the means to purchase it. And I remember as we're lining up the cars, I began to talk to people as they were going by. And one woman pulled up. I began to talk to her, and she told me she's a single mom. I could tell there were five kids in the back seat. She says, I'll lay off of both of my jobs this week. I don't know where my next meal is coming from. But I heard about what you guys are doing, and I'm so thankful because it gives me a little bit of a rest, a little bit of a break from worrying about my physical needs for my kids so I can figure out what to do with my life. And that right there, providing rest for someone in a moment of need is exactly the call of God on our lives. Each and every day, we have the opportunity through the relationships that we hold to let somebody else know what we think about them. As Christians, are we loving and are we kind no matter who walks by our way? Are we seeking to provide rest for those around us? It's only a question that we can answer between us and God. God continues on. Isaiah 58, the second half of verse 9, if you do away with the yoke of oppression, with the pointing finger and malicious talk, if you spend yourselves in behalf of the hungry and satisfy the needs of the oppressed, then your light will rise in the darkness and your night will become like the noonday. The Lord will guide you always. He will satisfy your needs in a scorched land and will strengthen your frame. You'll be like a well-watered garden, like a spring whose waters never fail. Your people will rebuild the ancient ruins and will raise up the age-old fountains and you will be called repairer of broken walls, restorer of streets with dwellings. Imagine if that was what we were known for. 
of repairing walls. Not walls that keep people out, but walls that protect the oppressed and the disinherited and those that society has deemed less than. What if we as a people of God were known that this could be a safe place that was free of racism and prejudice, of hate, that we as a people of God, no matter gender, race, ethnicity, the pigment of our skin, that we would be known as a people of God because of our love and that we would stand up for those who have been oppressed. It's time for our world to know who we are. Not because of who we are, but because of who God is and who God has called us to be. We can't get distracted by the politics of loving our neighbor. It's not about this party or about that party. It's about being a part of God's kingdom. And in God's kingdom, there is no Jew nor Greek, slave nor free, man nor woman, because we are all one in Christ. And God calls in Isaiah to the children of Israel. He says, I need you to be repairers of broken walls. I need you to be restorers of streets with dwellings. I need you to help me create a space on this earth that people can find rest for their souls. Because my yoke is easy and my burden is light. God calls us this day to be repairers of broken walls, restorer of streets with dwellings. By the way, he mentions how Sabbath plays into this, the last two verses of Isaiah 58, verses 13 and 14. If you keep your feet from breaking the Sabbath and from doing as you please on my holy day, if you call the Sabbath a delight and the Lord's holy day honorable, and if you honor it by not going your own way and not doing as you please or speaking idle words, then you will find your joy in the Lord. And I'll cause you to ride in triumph on the heights of the land and to feast on the inheritance of your father Jacob. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. We cannot separate the call of God on our lives to find a different way to work, to take up the easy yoke of Jesus, to find that rest that he desires and separate that from seeking justice for our neighbors. We cannot separate the two. They are inseparably combined because God has called us to rest and that true rest that we experience in the grace and the love of Jesus and what he has done for us causes us then to seek rest for the people around us. I don't know what that looks like for you. Got people from all over the world sitting right here in this room. It's between you and God to know where you fit into that picture. Because we need everybody. We need the people to our left and the people to our right and the people in the back and the people in the front. And yes, everybody up in the balcony, it's okay. We like sitting in darkness, but that's okay. We need each other, don't we? Take a moment and look to the person to the left, your right, to the person behind you, the person in front of you. Every single person around you is someone that Jesus died for. Yet there are some times that we treat people as if we didn't even know them 
And well, good luck making it with the big guy upstairs. And our world sometimes does the very same. To see the brutal murders of innocent people in the streets of this country. To see how we treat one another in media, it's a shame. And I can stand up and preach about this until Jesus comes back. And it won't make a difference unless the Holy Spirit convicts your heart about the way that Jesus has called you to live. It's between you and Jesus. But imagine a group of people, the 200, 250 of us gathered in this space. What we could accomplish in this community if we said, it doesn't matter what you look like, doesn't matter what you smell like, whether you brushed your teeth this morning or not, you are welcome in this space and you are loved beyond imagine because there is a God in heaven who died for you. What would our world look like? The world would know about Keene, Texas. Could you imagine that? Little old Keene, right? But I want to challenge you this morning as I invite our praise team to come up and lead us in our last song. I want to challenge you this morning to live differently than what is portrayed by media and by the political systems, dare I say, that are governing our world. There are people dying. We need to show our love. We need to show our grace. We need to show our compassion, not because there's anything in us, but because there's this guy named Jesus who decided to give up his own status to say, no, I'm not going to hold on to the things of God. I'm not going to just hold on to what I've got in heaven. No, my love compels me to go down to a sin-darkened world and to stretch my arms out on a cross. He did that willingly. Soldiers didn't put him there to stretch his arms out on a cross and say, my love is this big for you and for you and for you and for everyone in this world. I challenge you today to think about what rest and justice have to do with one another. Because for me, they are inseparably combined. The grace I experience every single week in the 24 hours that I get to set aside and rest from this crazy, busy world. To me, they're a token and a reminder of what God wants for the entire world. And it's unfortunate you read the book of Revelation and it gets a whole lot worse in this world before it gets better. That's plain and simple. This world will crumble. The governments that we know today will crumble. But that should not stop us from our everyday moments and everyday interactions with the people that we come in contact with. To stand up for what's right, for what's true, and what's just. And to model for the rest of the world what grace personified looks like. There are people hurting in this world. There are people that are dying on the inside because the looks they receive every single day because of the color of their skin, because of the background from where they're coming from. Persons of color, Hispanics, the minorities in our populations, 
been done in disservice because they may not look like the skin color I have. But you matter. God cares for each and every one of you. If we as a people of God came together, what a beautiful community it would be that we would be known for our love, recognizing our backgrounds and celebrating where we've come from, knowing that we are united by one God and one purpose, and that is to love. What would our world look like? I think it would be a different place. Here's what matters to the heart of Jesus. He tells a story in Matthew 25 about some sheep and some goats talks about how the sheep did a whole bunch of good things for a whole bunch of people that were in need. The goats kind of ignored the people that were in need. Matthew 25, 40, as the king is talking to these sheep and these goats, it's kind of a weird story, but it's very poetic for today. The sheep are like, we never saw you naked. We never saw you hungry. We never saw you thirsty or in prison or anything else. Jesus says, no. I tell you, whatever you did for the, one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you've done for me. Whatever we do to our neighbor, whatever we do to our brother and sister, the person sitting to our left or to our right, the front or the back, whatever we do to them, we're doing to Jesus. Jesus has a heart for the oppressed, for the downtrodden, for the disinherited. But the beauty is the transformational power of the spirit of Jesus. Howard Thurman put it this way, Jesus and the disinherited. Whenever, wherever Jesus' presence or spirit appears, the oppressed gather fresh courage, for he announced the good news that fear, hypocrisy, and hatred, the three hounds of hell that track the trail of the disinherited, need have no dominion over them. I don't know about you, but in each of my relationships, I want to be bringing the spirit of Jesus to that person. Because that, how beautiful is that? That fear, hypocrisy, and hatred have no dominion because the presence of Jesus is in this space. That's something I can get behind. So the invitation for you today, what does it look like for us? It starts with me. Not the universal we. It's, it starts with me that I must express a radical love to my neighbor, no matter what. Another way, practical step, love for you to help, love on our community this afternoon. There's gonna be a food truck pulling up over in the annex just a few moments from now. Be unloading about 20 pallets of food, a couple of tons, it's amazing, it's fantastic. We've got people donning gloves, masks, sorting food, and passing it to the people in our community who are in need. If you want to be a part of that, come on down. We'll give you a t-shirt. We only have a few left. We'll give you a t-shirt. We need to order more. We'll do it. Come on down this afternoon. You can go down right after Elevate. Food truck will probably already be there. We'll start sorting stuff. If you're like, ah, let me grab some lunch. We'd love for you to grab some lunch and then come back and help actually put it in people's cars. And if you're like, nah, I really need to take some more rest this morning. That's okay. No shame. Come on back at 2.30 this afternoon and help clean up after everything's done. We can show some love to our community in that way. And the third thing, man, it's a dream of mine. Haven't expressed it here yet. But what if we were, to what if we were able to build a community center in our community? 
that could provide for those who don't have access to healthcare, that don't have access to counseling, that don't have access to after school care, that we could have a food bank that's open, I don't know, 24 seven? Because I know the college students in the room, you know you get hungry at 2 a.m., right? Oh, man, I ate my last ramen last night. I'd probably go to the store again. What if we could build something in our community that, yeah, we have our place to worship here, but we build a spot where we can practice Sabbath by alleviating the needs of the people and our community. I'm dreaming big, man. $15 million, $20 million. There's a couple of spaces of land in our community that we could build something big on. But that would be a place that people could come and they know no matter when they show up, day or night, they could be loved by a people of God who's deeply in love with the king. So it's a dream. I don't know. We'll get there one of these days. But at the end of the day, we need each other. I need you. You need me. We're a part of God's body. We got to stand together so that every need will be supplied. For me, rest and justice, they run hand in hand, hand in glove, two peas in a pod, two humps on a camel. We're always swaying the same way. Anybody? No? Okay. Why don't you join me? There's good people in this community that are trying to love on the people around us. All it takes is for the light to spark in your life and for you to share the love of God with the people around you. Jesus' presence will come and fear, hatred, and hypocrisy will have no dominion. And everybody around us will experience the rest that we so eagerly desire because we're busy helping those that are in need. I need you. You need me. We're all a part of God's body. It is absolutely amazing how Jesus has given us the opportunity to make such a huge difference in other people's lives. By being centered in Christ, we can offer rest to our brothers and sisters who are struggling. You know, I love how Pastor Michael reminded us that Jesus didn't die for a certain person or only a group of people, but he died for everyone, no matter their background, no matter their skin color, no matter the life they have chosen to live. Jesus' love knows no bounds and he calls us to have that same type of love. A concept that is very near and dear to my heart is not to judge someone based on the color of their skin, but on the content of their character. You know, I've been praying for the past few months that Jesus would show through me, that I would not be judged based on what I wear, the car I drive, or maybe even my background, but that my heart that loves Jesus would shine brighter. Psalm 86 verse 11 says, Teach me your ways, O Lord, that I may live according to your truth. Grant me purity of heart so that I may honor you. One of the most powerful things that you can do as Christ followers is to love others unconditionally, to love others unconditionally the way that Christ loves us. You know, as Christians, we are called to live differently than the rest of the world. And it's easy to put maybe a little bit too much pressure on this fact. We don't need to follow trends in social media, but follow our all-knowing and all-loving God. He is here to offer us rest so that we may learn how to be that rest for others. I encourage you today to live differently. Choose love and to choose Jesus. 
Michael here. Real quick before you go, we want to hear from you. Maybe you've got a story of life change. Maybe one of these episodes has challenged the way you think. Maybe there's something that you agree with or disagree with. We want to hear from you. And the easiest way that you can do that is to go to the App Store or the Play Store and download the app Anchor. Once you've done that, you can search for Elevate Retake. And then on our page, you can submit a voice memo. Just Click voice memo, make sure everything's quiet around you and give us 30 seconds to 60 seconds, your response to an episode, a story of how the love of God has transformed your life and how you have come to a better understanding of who God is. Or maybe you haven't, maybe there's something in your life that's caused you to doubt. We wanna hear from you and maybe, who knows, your voice could be featured on the next episode of Elevate Retake. So we would love to hear from you and we look forward to seeing how this podcast continues to impact your life. So until then, we'll catch you next time. Thank you for listening. Elevate Retake is recorded weekly at Elevate, a community fellowship of King Church. Our audio is captured by Blake Snyder. Sound design and editing are done by Shane Miosi and Inspire Productions. Our executive producers are Michael Gibson and Jonathan Coker. Our team includes Evelyn Alanise, Candice McCormick, Semu Segola, Alethea Galvin, Emily Weaver, and Issa Manu. Special thanks to Danae Sanji and 88.3 The Journey and the King Church Media Team. You can find Elevate Retake on Instagram at Elevator Take. For more about Elevate Community Fellowship, visit thisiselevate.org. Currently, our services are live streamed every Saturday morning at 1015 a.m. at thisiselevate.org forward slash live. We'd love to have you join us. There's always room for one more.